Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, hope you feel right at home. Uh, shout out to all the new people that are here, and shout out to those of you watching online this morning. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Facebook, wherever you're watching from your kitchen, making breakfast, or maybe you're on the couch, or maybe you're sick. Uh, shout out to the people that are sick, too. Hope you feel better, and uh, thanks for hopping online today. Uh, we believe that we are better together, and uh, we believe that happens in small groups of people. Uh, you can find out some more information about small groups at guest services or comment the word groups on this live stream, and uh, that would be great. We got two opportunities, though, that are kind of new. Uh, this is a pretty big one. As you can see on the screen, uh, Journey is partnering with Celebrate Recovery. Uh, this is a first-time thing that we've ever been able to do, and uh, not a better place to do it, really, than right next to a drug clinic uh, in our community. So uh, this is pretty cool. And we got another thing up here, too. Fresh Grounded Faith. This is a little conference that's being held in Lexington. Uh, Connie's getting a group of ladies together. And uh, if you want more information about that, you can see her. And I think there's some deposit information for that. Uh, so just see Connie uh, after service today. Uh, she'll get you all that info that you might need. We got another outreach opportunity as well. Uh, we are collecting pillowcases for our friends at Shady Lawn Nursing Home. Uh, they are under some new management here recently, and uh, these are one of the things they really, really need. And uh, our goal is 80 pillowcases. If we get more than that, they will take whatever we get. Uh, but you can drop any donations into a black tub that will be here by the stage next week. You can also give to the Tide Jug Ministry to uh, help supplement what we don't get if we don't reach that 80 uh, pillowcases goal. Uh, but give if you'd like to. It'd be a lot of fun. Discover Journey is happening here in just a few weeks, March 17th, following Sunday service. Uh, we'll have about an hour talk with uh, staff and elders here at Journey, just about who we are uh, as a church, talk about our core values and different things like that. So letters will be sent out this week, actually, to newer people. So be expecting a letter if you're newer to Journey, and uh, join us for that March 17th following service. And we're also excited for Easter, but let me tell you, the groundhog lied to us, uh, he lied. It snowed this past weekend, so hopefully warmer weather is coming soon. But Easter weekend is coming soon, and it's earlier this year, uh, March 30th and March 31st. That weekend is Easter, so join us for that. Uh, bring your family, bring a coworker, bring someone that needs to hear the message of who Jesus is here at Journey and celebrate the resurrection with us together. Amen? We're in a current series called Zip It. Say Zip It. Today's message, we're talking about criticism. Uh, sometimes a lot of us can be a critic, so let's go ahead and get started. see you guys it's cold outside is it cold it's warm in here if you get hot we'll try to turn it down take your jacket off or whatever if you didn't stop at the coffee bar man get up and grab something or coffee or water and uh we got blessed today by someone else who gifted us with some goodies for the coffee bar so we might gift them to you so pretty good stuff uh grab something whatever sounds good tastes good we are better together and try to make you smile if we can. 
I don't know. I'm talking about this series called Zip It, and uh, I had a blast last night. We only had a couple of people in the crowd. Uh, if I hadn't had the band, I might have missed them and not even knew they were here. But it was so much fun. It really was. We had fun talking about people like us who do our best sometimes to uh, keep our mouth shut and just, if you can't say something good, don't say nothing. Say amen. But heck, it is cold. And I'm thinking maybe Punxsutawney Phil and, you know, uh, Amarillo Bob and, you know, the armadillo in Amarillo that said and Punxsutawney Phil that said that spring's coming and I'm about ready to be, uh, I'm about ready to start complaining because it got so cold and it happens to everybody that you, you don't think you're going to say something that sounds like a complaint, but pretty quick we can because we're just people, amen? Well, I'll tell you the second thing that happens. After you start to complain, then you start to criticize everything. It's a habit. It's a bad habit. Say bad habit? But we're just people. Come on now. So give yourself a little room. A little wiggle room here. You're not Jesus, neither am I. And we've all said things, complaints, or, or you know, some kind of critical thing that we shouldn't have said. Wish we could stuff it back in there. Like, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. So hang on. And don't, don't be so harsh. Um... Next weekend, I'll wrap this thing up with part three. And and after we've taken this first step and let our loose tongue get looser and complain too much and criticize too much, then we start to talk about other people that turns into some kind of gossip that we ought to just keep your mouth shut. It's not in your business, and uh, it just makes things worse. So I hope you're living in green acres today at this moment. Like, wow, my cows look good and fat. They get, they're getting plenty of hay. I hope your cows are getting plenty of hay. I hope you're living in green acres. I hope your truck started right off this morning and you turned on that heater full blast and it felt so good. I hope your kids bringing home straight A's. Like, man, they're a genius. I hope you live in green acres. But probably, if you like most people, we can flip-flop right over to belly acres because my cows look kind of skinny and I ain't got no hay. I don't know where I'm going to get no hay. Or my truck didn't start and I don't know what I'm going to do now. Or my kid's dumb. Man, they got a C-. minus. Where'd that come from? You know, we're like, we went from green acres to belly acres, and it's just the way we are. It's the way people are. We, we, the weather changes sometimes three or four times a day, and your mood and your attitude can change three or four times a day because we're all people. <clears throat> so don't be so tough on each other, and don't be so tough on, on yourselves. We've all said things, regretted things. And the three main steps to the failure of every relationship goes through this road that I'm describing in this series about complaints and criticism and gossip. It all runs through there. And I'm going to give you a few things to look at in the Bible 
So let's look at this first one in James chapter 1. Good advice, hard to do. Well, I, I'm not Jesus and neither are you. If anyone considers himself to be connected with the big guy, which I hope you do, <laughs> I hope you and God got it going on. Man, we've been singing songs this morning. I've been clapping and thinking about God and how good he is. The sun's out this morning. It's going to warm up. I hope that you and God have a thing going on right now. So listen to what James says if you think you got a God thing going on. If anyone considers himself religious with God and yet does not watch it, keep a tight rein, good luck trying that on some days. We need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Especially when it comes to our tongue that gets loose. So. Anybody that thinks they got something going on with God but doesn't keep a tight rein on his tongue, he's just kidding himself. He's deceiving himself. And his hookup with God is not so hot after all. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what it ought to be. So we've all done it. And I confessed last night. Guys, look at me up here. This isn't that long of a sermon. I'll try to get it done here in about 30 minutes. My wife took me home last night and she pointed out that you got this wrong, buddy. You better straighten it out. And I told her, I said, do you know what my message was about? It was about criticism. Now, here you go. Here you go, you know. But she was right. I, I gave a story last night, and it was about half true. Most of it was. <clears throat> Years ago, when I was a youth minister in Texas, Brian's our youth and family minister, and and he's, he's learning every day. He's, I'm coaching him, and he's paying attention. But I was in his shoes. I started out years ago after the Army and the military and farming and working at Weber Sausage and growing tobacco and having cows and hay and all that stuff. Then I started having kids in the Army. We had three. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm working in a church as a volunteer. And the next thing you know, you know, I'm off going to Bible college. I was like, how did that happen? I had no idea that was going to happen. Connie didn't either. She didn't sign up for that. So I'm a youth minister in Midland, Texas, 1,400 miles from Cynthiana. And they put me up there in front of everybody. You know, like, here's what you do as a youth minister. They hand me a prayer list. And all the churches, traditional churches, used to have a long prayer list. You prayed a long time in those kind of churches in the old days. Say, old days? It is what it is. So, I mean, I must have had 25 or 30 names, and I was trying to do my best to act like I knew what I was doing and what I was talking about and act like the big guy, the big hog at the trough, you know, the senior guy. I wanted to, you know, like impress somebody. So everybody's got their heads bowed, and everybody's got their heads down, and I just keep praying. I keep praying for this one family. And I'm praying about a healthy birth of a baby. I don't know how I got on that, but I kept thinking they told me to pray for this family because they was going to have a baby, Man, I just kept praying, like, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, pray that it's healthy and the mama's healthy. I just kept going. You know, some prayers you should have stopped. Say, stopped? Should have zipped it. But, heck, I just couldn't give it up. And My head's bowed, and I hear the audience who's supposed to have their head bowed, they're starting to chuckle because I'm praying. I just keep praying. I'm like, I didn't know it was funny. <laughs> so, kid you not, said amen did my sermon, 
But it went to the handshaking time at the door because I was the preacher that day. I got to shake everybody's hand. I don't know how many little ladies said, Honey, do you know that the baby you're praying for is on the back row? It's a toddler now. You know, it's, you don't have to pray. They were just sick and asking for prayer. And it's like, a, it's a miracle. My prayer, like, it's a miracle. Look at the size of this baby. Heavens, I felt so. You ever felt like a goober? Yeah, I did. I wish I could have stuffed it back in there, but, you know, it is what it is. And, I, you know, I was trying to impress everybody, and I didn't impress nobody. It was funny. You might as well laugh sometimes because that's the way it goes. So I, I got this lesson for all of us who felt like goobers, and sometimes, you know, we really should have just zipped it because our words got careless. Some of you... Some of you got an old car that needs a lineup, you know, and beginning to wear your tires out. They get thin because you haven't got the money to go get new tires. You had not got it lined up. You need you need the front end looked at probably. You might, you might need ball joints or tie rods or who knows what you need, shocks or struts or, but you ain't got no money for that. So what happens is, because we can't afford it, we drive an old car to do the best we can. And some of you got some of those, and that's the best we got. Connie and I started with that too. But if you keep doing that, if you keep driving that, I mean, you know, loose, a loose front end, out of line, alignment's a mess, you're going to wear out your tires, probably car's going to have a problem, you're going to stop. All of us need to do an alignment with Jesus before I get done with this today. And it begins with loose lips like a loose front end. It begins with an alignment that you need to get straightened out today. Or you're going to regret what you say. Like I regretted and you're going to feel like some big old goober if you don't take a few notes and take a few of these thoughts home that are in the Bible. Loose lips, sink ships, Navy poster in World War II. Beware of an unguarded tongue. If you got a tongue that gets loose, beware. Say, beware. Yeah, you guys at home, just hang on here just for a second. James writes, chapter 1, verse 26, if you claim to be this guy who, this person who's got a connection with God and is religious, but don't control it, don't, you don't get an alignment and you don't tighten up the front end a bit with your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is really not working. It's worthless. So it's really important for all of us here that we try to engage with God because there's a lot at stake, and it really is a lot of hard work uh, to try to control our tongue. And uh, the apostle James, who was Jesus' half-brother, says, watch your lips, watch your mouth, zip it, uh, you're going to really lose every opportunity to represent God and be an ambassador for God. Did y'all see Peyton go through the room this morning? If you came early, Peyton is in the back. She's one of our, she's an ambassador for God. She wants to shake everybody's house, everybody's hand in the house. She wants to introduce herself, and she loves Jesus, and she loves you. She tells you that. If if you're not like that, if you're if you're not able to be a kid, and no matter how big your body is, if you can't have a kid's heart and love people like she does, 
your words get out of control and you say things that you regret that you wish you hadn't said. So write this down, honestly. People who constantly criticize other people often don't realize the damage they're doing. That's what happens. It, it, you don't have to be an evil person. You don't have to have some nefarious kind of agenda like, I'm going to wreck your life because I'm going to complain and criticize you. I'm going to put your name in the paper. I'm going to make you look stupid. It doesn't have to be that bad. You can just be careless. Careless words. You don't have to be a bad person. You don't have to be an evil person. You can be just a normal person. But if you don't watch your tongue, you can be the preacher. Say amen. It's the truth. That's what he says. So what should we do and what's the root cause of all this? Let me guide you through three thoughts. Jot this down and we'll do communion. One of the causes has to do with the word that most of us realize has to do with a lot of us, and it, not just our words, but it is uh, what's in our heart. It's jealousy. Destructive, critical words sometimes come from jealousy. That's step number one. There's three steps to this in wrecking every relationship you ever had. You want to mess up Valentine's Day? You better zip it before you ruin whatever supper you were going to have because you're not going to supper if you don't zip it and you say that kind of stuff. Amen? It'll ruin Valentine's Day. It'll ruin your relationship with your kids, your grandkids, the guy across the fence that you, you're getting hay from them because you're out of hay. I'm telling you, if you don't pay attention here, you're going to miss it. You're going to think this lesson's for my wife or this lesson's for somebody I know. This lesson's for all of us. It begins with jealousy often. That, that's where it starts, and it really is a heart issue. Look at Proverbs chapter 14. A heart at peace with God will be at peace with other people, with each other. A heart who is at peace gives life. If your words don't bring life into the room, if you're tearing down people with your words through complaining and criticism and gossip, you're making a mistake. And, though, and then it finishes Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, and says, because envy or jealousy, it will begin to rot the bones. So it's a biology picture. Say biology? It's a science class. Some of you are taking treatment for cancer. And, and there's this cell in your bloodstream and in your body an unwelcome guest that appeared somehow in your in your body, in your life, and you're trying now to battle something that you really can't see unless you've got a microscope, and you're trusting other people to do it for you, but some of you are fighting something that's on the inside, and you need help. I'm telling you guys, if you don't get this Jesus help... Some of you got a bad heart. You're going to have to go get a heart cath, or you're going to have to get a stent, or you're going to have open heart surgery, or you already have. But if you don't get this straightened out, you can't fix this on your own. Some of you need a Jesus heart doctor. You need somebody who could not. I'm not talking about your physical heart. I'm talking about the heart that, that really guides our words. And so that's what Proverbs says. It's biology and science. It's not just the Bible and theology. If you get some kind of cell or some kind of germ or some kind of virus in your inside you, in your bloodstream, in your bone marrow, 
in your skeletal system, whatever it is, if it gets in there, it will begin to dis- it will destroy you, disrupt you. It will it will do you in. Now we get that. We understand that when we get sick, physically sick. Do you understand that when your relationship and marriage isn't working so well? That you've got a heart problem that you can't fix unless you get a Jesus heart doctor. Forget the cardiologist. Find a Jesus doctor. That's what you need. That's why you're using the words and thinking the thoughts, the actions that don't match up with what you say you believe about God. Say amen. You guys at home, you should see their faces right now. They're like, my Lance, he's really serious, isn't he? Yeah, I am serious. I can't help you. But Jesus can. Amen? Jesus is the heart doctor that you really need to see. I can point it out. I can guide you. You got to make the appointment. You got to start doing whatever. You 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 understand? You you got the picture. It's a it's a biology verse. When the body, when our physical body gets sick, it can rot, get pretty ill on the inside, gets into our skeletal system. It's not pretty. So envy and jealousy begins to rot away on the inside like bone cancer and it will kill our spirit and our soul and every relationship, friendship we've ever had when our words turn into bitter, critical kind of words, negative kind of words and bad jealousy is bad to the bone. It's the truth. Whether you're jealous of each other around your own table or you're jealous of somebody you work with or somebody that you know. Well, how do I know? Okay, dude. Here's how you know. Write this down. Am I truly happy for good things that other people experience? If you're not, you got a heart problem. If you resent it because somebody who is white has a better opportunity than you and you're black or you're Hispanic, you got a heart problem. If you are white and you resent it because somebody is black or somebody is Hispanic or Asian or somebody is born in some other family, you've got a heart problem. That's what you have. We don't have racial problems. We have heart problems. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, God loves every one of us. And the real real thing that's in the Bible that's going to be a red flag for all of us is can you celebrate and be happy for somebody else's success, whoever they are? whatever color of their skin, whatever amount of money they have in their pocket, whatever house or no house, they can you be happy for someone else? Because Jesus is. Amen? For God so loved the world, the human race. He loves everybody, everywhere. 
Doesn't make sense, but it really is the truth. Am I happy? If you're stuck right now with negative feelings about somebody that you know, well, I can like most people, I can be happy for most people, but, and then you got somebody's name right now you're thinking about. I, I'm never gonna, you got a heart problem. Somebody at work or somebody that's in your family or neighborhood or somebody that's different than you, it might be time for you to try to recalibrate and realign some of the things because you're going crooked down the road, the highway of life. You need to pull into a shop where somebody's got a Jesus coach and give you a Jesus heart because uh, you're all over the place. Make sense? Amen? Heck yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. Time to get things straightened out before you mess up things on the inside and it really is... Uh, things begin to get messy and stinky. Uh, we don't get it straightened out. Get lined up. Bones begin to hurt deep down. Not just our hearts hurting. We have no peace. Something's not right and we know it's not right. It's our heart. It starts with our heart. Okay, here's number two. It starts with jealousy. Maybe you're not a jealous person. Maybe... You can celebrate everybody else, whatever success they have. They got a promotion. They got a bonus check. You're happy they did, even if you didn't. They're driving a brand-new car or truck, and you're not. Maybe you're okay with that. Maybe that's not what happens, and God bless you for that. Jesus is working in your life. What about this one? Here's another cause. It's criticism that comes from negativity. Some of you just have a negative personality. You're, you're a negative Nancy. Really? Say, really? Has anybody ever told you that? Well, only once. <laughs> but it is the truth. Some people, some people just it's natural and they're happier and they seem to be okay with just, uh, you know, everything. But then there are a few people that their personalities are just wired different. And it's okay. I'm not telling you that you're all supposed to be identical twins. I'm just saying that it's the truth that this can be a cause if we're not aware of it, like jealousy, that would you tell me, am I being too negative here? Maybe you need an accountability person who will tell you the truth. Say the truth and not make you mad and not try to hurt you, but I mean just be honest with you. Am I too negative? Do I begin someplace sometimes it's just negative? Look at Luke chapter 6. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. You can say that you're a positive person, but if you've got just negative fruit hanging on your limbs, you're not a positive person. You can't say I'm a Jesus tree if, if you're a complaining, criticizing tree. Amen? It's the truth. We know that. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. It all gets pushed back inside until it falls out. You know where it falls out? Out in that big mouth. That's where it falls out. The words. Yeah, it comes out. And if you're not careful, you just sound negative. I can do it. I've done it. I've done it, my lands, I've done it. My wife looked at me, give me this stink eye, you know, like, zip it. That's enough. You know, I've done it. 
The good man brings good things out of the good store in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil store up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. I'm glad I'm not who I used to be. God's been working on me all these years, and he still is. But if your normal default is always starting with negative thoughts, quit watching the news. You're not going to get any good stories to start the day if that's where you start today. I'm just saying, find find a better way. If you're some kind of grumpy bear that nobody wants to hang out with, put your phone down. <laughs> Quit looking at social media. Take somebody's phone. <laughs> Hide it from them for, for a while. I'm just saying, guys, whatever you have to do. Even at church, if you come in here and the first thing that you start doing when you see somebody you want to connect with is complain or criticize something about life, that's not a good start. Say, not a good start? You are smiling at me, but it's the honest and goodness truth. It's a habit, guys. It's a bad habit. Jealousy and negativity, even at church, pretty soon it gets old and it wears thin. And our friendships begin to wear thin because we're we're jealous and negative, and it's like an old set of tires that we should have taken in. Finally, people just say, you know what? I, I don't want to talk to you more. You're wearing me out. You ever said that? Probably so. It's the truth. So if this is your standard pattern, it's time to have a heart checkup. Go get the Jesus heart doctor. Luke chapter 6, whatever's in your heart determines what you say. See that one? Luke chapter 6. Going to church is a good idea. And worshiping K-Love songs on the radio while you drive to work, that's a great idea. But you really need to work on your heart to get better. And so whether it's jealousy or whether it's negativity or whatever it is, try to find, try to find some help with some coach somebody that will help you get your Jesus heart. Write this down. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Be a, try to be a cheerleader with everybody. Change your pattern. Change, change your pattern. You know what we do? Especially guys who don't want to change. Well, this is who I am. If you don't like that, you can just go somewhere else, buster. Guys. Say, guys. It ain't just guys, but it's a lot of guys. I was one of those guys. Jesus jerked a knot in my tail. I got married and baptized and drafted in six months. I thought I was a big shot. I wasn't a very big shot at all. He jerked a knot in my tail real quick. Heck, if you ain't going to change, you might as well go join the Army. Get in boot camp. They'll change you. <laughs> go to boot camp. They'll straighten you out. Amen? veterans sitting in this room you think i'm kidding you think you're such hot stuff big stuff zip it buddy zip it so change the pattern cheer people on rather than drag them down with negative com comments words that don't help here's the last one envy negativity and here's the last one that a lot of people in this room have mastered and you say, oh, I'm not jealous. I'm not envious of anybody else. They got a big house, big car. I don't want any of that anyway. Oh, I don't ever get up negative. I'm a positive person. Okay, how about this one? 
sarcasm. Guilty. Say guilty. You may not have the other two. You got this one probably. We're all just people. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 4 says, Obscene stories, foolish talk, like on social media, everything that you're on TikTok, everybody on TikTok, everybody at Facebook, everybody on Instagram, these are not for you. Hmm. Not if you want to get a better heart. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. So we've made a career out of put-downs. That's what we do. That's sarcasm. We make other people look stupid or bad so we think we can feel better. We're great at that. Not so great. See, not so great. It's not a good idea. The cut down, put that down. The cut down or put down is the most subtle kind of sarcasm there is. And I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to say that most of us are affected by that, probably practice that. And we are using sarcasm sometimes where we just should zip it and not say anything. If you're going to be sarcastic, I don't like my mother-in-law. I don't like my father-in-law. I don't even like you. <laughs> don't say that. Just zip it. Say zip it. Heck yeah, you're just going to make things worse. And ask God to help you like everybody. You know what? I just read this. You don't have to like everybody. You may not even like me. But you do have to love everybody. <laughs> Jesus says you don't get a hall pass for that. You may not like them so that I want to go eat with you. I don't even want to work with you. I don't want you to be on my school project. Get over there at that other table. You don't have to like everybody, but you do have to love everybody. It's the truth. So, heck, try that out. Try that out with what I'm describing, that if God doesn't help us get better, then probably you're listening to the wrong people. If your marriage relationship and your words that you share are not getting better, you're probably listening to the wrong people. Find a better voice in the room who will coach you to better habits. Amen? We want a ball game. Say amen. Everybody say amen. Calipari said, I'm pulling the string back in. One of the last two games after losing three straight games at, at home, it looks like a lot of fun, run and gun. But one of the last two games because they learned how to do old school basketball, play defense and rebound, low scores in the 70s, different kind of game. You need a coach in the locker room who will tell you what you're doing that's not going to give you the victory and the success in your future that you really want. Somebody to be honest with you, not flatter you, but tell you the honest and truth. Work on your heart. Get your heart coach. And when criticism goes bad with jealousy and negativity and sarcasm, it will begin to chip away at all your relationships. Pretty soon you'll be isolated and lonely on an island by yourself because nobody doesn't like to be around you. You're, you're wearing me out. So whoever you are, black person, white person, Hispanic person, an alcoholic person, a divorced person, a gay person, a stripper, a prostitute, whatever your label that other people have given you, God says people matter most. And God loves people, period. And he loves you. 
And if you're not loving people, you're not as close to God as you think. You may not like them, but you need to love them. Amen? Amen. All right, that's close enough. So we have to manage our words and be careful while we do it. And journey is trying to help guide you to that. James chapter 1 again. We've read it three times. Surely you will remember James chapter 1. If anybody considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worth worthless. It won't help you just to go to church. If you don't change your heart, let Jesus change your heart and then change your words. Here's the bottom line. Our mission at Journey is to lead people, all kinds of people, to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so it's way too important for us to get loose with our words. It's too important our words are powerful. We can damage people and it can be permanent. So watch what we say. Ask God to help us. Everybody sometimes has a bad day, a bad mood. But don't make it chronic. You guys go to the communion table. I want you to pass the communion trays. We're going to take communion. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of Jesus' story in Mark chapter 14. And then I'm going to pray and we'll take communion. We need a little help on our bad day, bad mood. Maybe it was today. I don't know. If you're in a bad mood every day, if you have a bad attitude every day, if you're a person nobody wants to be with every day, you, you're like a leaking roof. You're going to ruin everything. It'll eventually ruin every floor, every, every floor joist, every carpet, every ceiling will ruin everything. If you just keep leaking negativity, jealousy, and sarcasm everywhere you go. So, here's what I want you to think about. Before you take the little bread and ask for forgiveness and say, God, I'm sorry, I have a problem. And that preacher just pointed it out. I didn't know it was such a problem, but he's right. On some days, I'm really bad at this. I'm critical. Or I complain a lot. Or I end up gossiping too much about things that none of my business alright so what do I do about that Easter's next we're coming out with a new series that will take us into Easter here next weekend we'll wrap up zip it and then we'll start a series that will take us into Easter called I Believe So someone told me today they got a brand new Bible. Somebody got a car today. So I heard twice good messages, good, good words. Somebody didn't have a car to drive to get to work or to church or get anywhere. They got a vehicle that's a used vehicle, but it's dependable. It's got a heater, and it runs. So somebody got a vehicle. Say amen. That's great. And somebody else told me they got a brand new Bible. But they need a little help. And how do you study the Bible? I got a Bible, but there's 800,000 words in it. I don't know how to study something that's got all that information. Good question. I thought, that's great. 
Well, let me help you a little bit. For the Bible and praising God that we got a vehicle that we can drive to work and drive to church. <clears throat> First place you want to go in the Bible, if you haven't been there for a while, is just go to the Jesus words. Just go to the stuff that Jesus said. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's called the Gospels. Okay, let me step down here. <clears throat> so, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are almost just alike. They're about Jesus' birth and his death and his resurrection. It's the whole story of like Jesus came to, to this world to save us from our sins. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John's a little different gospel of John John's really about that Jesus existed with God before there was everything anything at all in creation Jesus the word of God existed before the earth existed before the universe existed before the planets existed God is eternal and has always existed and so did Jesus with him the word so if you go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are just about Jesus and His coming to the world to become our Savior, which is all about Easter, the shortest one of those is Mark. And so if you go to Mark chapter 14, 15, and 16, I'm not going to read all that, but Mark 14, 15, and 16 it's the part where we talk about at Easter that Jesus got betrayed. I don't know anybody in this room that hasn't been betrayed by somebody they trusted. Jesus' closest pals let him down. They turned him in, turned him over to Roman soldiers and says, we don't know him, take him. Mark 14 begins there after the washing of their feet the Lord's Supper Judas going out the door in a hurry to sell him down the road for 30 pieces of silver that's, that's Mark chapter 14 where, where he's Jesus the son of God who committed no sin he was treated like that are you kidding me yeah, yeah that's, where, that's what was the beginning of the end on earth for Jesus and then it goes through the garden of Gethsemane and then it goes through the part about where he was praying father this is too much if there's any other way and it just kept going and it was about his arrest it was about the soldiers it was about he was before Pilate he was before the Sanhedrin he was he was like spit upon he was beat up he was hit with their fist in their hand and I mean he was abused all of, all of you in here can think of somebody or yourself when you got really betrayed and somebody abused you and took advantage of you in some way that was horrible like terrible like wow that's and, and then you get to the part where he is stood up before the judge and jury before he's sentenced to death and Pilate has come in and out and asked him aren't you going to defend yourself aren't you going to defend yourself these guys say and Jesus had just a few short responses each time 
And the final time before Pilate washes his hands, he gives Jesus one more chance to tell the whole room that he's not guilty, he is God's son, savior of the world. But do you know what Mark says in that passage in chapter 16 as he stood there? Three words. And Jesus didn't say them. Mark recorded them. Jesus was silent. Even Jesus knew there's a time to zip it. He'd said everything in three and a half years. He only lived 33 years on earth. And he only had a church family for three and a half years on mission. But he used that time, and in that three and a half years, he'd said everything to everybody he needed to say about his identity and his purpose and what was going to happen and where he was going next. And when that moment came that every other kind of person who is breathing in this room right now or online watching, if you're standing beside somebody who's got a guillotine that's going to cut your head off, if you're standing in front of some criminal that's about to shoot you and kill you dead as a doornail, every one of us would probably say a lot of stuff pleading for our life but this Jesus our Savior the Son of God and who Easter is really all about he gives us an example and says did you hear this and and Mark writes it down even Jesus knew when it was time to be quiet and zip it we need wisdom we need the Holy Spirit and we need God in us to change our hearts so that we realize that you need to shut your mouth sometimes, and I do too, that you've said enough. You're only going to make it worse. So God help us all right now as we take communion that we learn from the one person who really was holy and righteous and perfect. And even he was silent. Jesus was silent. He left it in God's hands. You got some stuff you just need to turn over to God and leave it in His hands. Even before you take this, you need to agree with God, I'm going to give it to you. An addiction, stuck on pornography, lying to people about your integrity, repeating some of the same words that you should have just given up a long time ago, thoughts, Quit talking about it. Zip it. Turn it over to God. Put the bottle down. Put the pills up. Quit calling that number. Together. Pray with me. God help us. We are flawed merchandise. We're glad we're not who we used to be. We're not there yet. 
a lesson and a message today about our hearts. It all begins there. Will you cleanse and purify our heart because of Jesus who died on a cross for sinners like me? In his name I pray. Amen. Drop your cups in the basket, your offering in the plate. If you've got something to help us for the Tide Jug, for buying pillowcases for Shady Lawn, drop it in there today too. We're going to sing another song. And uh, if you want to pray before we go home today, slide on down the hallway here. I'll pray with you. Listen. God love you, you guys who are home right now. Hope you can join us here uh, by Easter, maybe in person. Let's run out of chairs. Let's fill up the place. That'd be really cool. So thanks, God. Thanks for God coming to join us today. Thanks for you joining us too. Let's stand. Let's sing.